0: Hi listeners, welcome to the first bonus episode of the Talking Influence podcast. This episode will be going live as well as our regular monthly instalment. This bonus podcast episode will be an influence and Marketing Show Global special. As many of you will be aware, today marks the beginning of our second ever Influencer Marketing Show Global virtual event. Attendees can expect to tune into live and pre-recorded sessions from the likes of Facebook, TikTok, Bumble and many more industry peers and professionals over the next three days. Ticket holders have the opportunity to attend over 25 carefully curated panels, keynotes and showcases on topics such as the future of influencer marketing, common influencer marketing mistakes and many more, including platform specific sessions. On Thursday, we're hosting a dedicated creator day where we will hear from those who create the content that we love to consume. Speaking of Creator Day, today's guest is one of our excellent Creator Day speakers, Sasha Polari, whose session will be streamed at 1pm GMT on Thursday. She will be sharing her thoughts on how to show up online authentically. I'm sure that many of you will know that Sasha launched the Filter Drop campaign, encouraging social media users and influencers to embrace their own skin and share images of themselves without heavy filtering. The Advertising Standards Authority has now put a ruling in place that bans influencers from using filters when promoting beauty products. This is a huge step for Sasha's movement. As well as sharing her passions online about authenticity and natural beauty, Sasha is a makeup artist in Curve Model, and she is featured in the likes of Vogue, Grazia and BBC News as she has been commended for her campaign we are so excited to welcome Sasha as a guest on our first ever bonus event episode and we hope that you enjoy listening. We'll start with your personal influences so when you were growing up um, sort of throughout your childhood what were the sort of events and people that influenced your growth and that you can look back on now and think, yeah, that definitely shaped who I am now. I think when I was
1: younger, the influences were very kind of like direct within my immediate. So I think, you know, so much of what happens within your four walls or what happens within your upbringing influences who you are and then going through like secondary school I met my best friend when I was 11 and she's had such a huge part to play in who I am today as well you know she's still my best friend now and I think it's only as you get older and you start sort of widening your knowledge on everything that that is happening in the world do you then start to have the outside influences so yeah I definitely say like my mum my grandma um my friends people you know like close family friends that are in your life growing up and I think in so many different ways the women in my life inspired me not by directly going out of their way to be inspiring but I think you just take certain things from each woman in your life or I certainly did and that helped shape me in, into who i am today i'd
0: say so was there any sort of major things obviously you say that they didn't necessarily directly influence you and a lot of the time it was just things that you picked up but are there any things that sort of jump out to you that you think shaped your personality in a way
1: well, I think all of my all of my family have been uh, really hardworking, uh, both sides. Even the men, everyone in my family have have always been really, really hardworking and uh, quite predominantly self employed as well. So they, I think, the hard work ethic has really been instilled from a very, very young age, and my mum's side of a family had a hairdressers in Clifton village which I don't know if you know Bristol it's like a really lovely part of Bristol back then they had this hairdressers on the corner and I used to go and sit in the reception and play with like the credit card stamp machine that used to go across and I just remember sitting and I have an awful memory as well so for how like it's how poignant this memory it is kind of a it kind of explains a lot for me. I remember sitting in in the reception behind the desk and it was just a buzz constantly. There were people coming in and out all the time and it was happy and it was just such an incredible vibe. And I always remember that because it was like the place to be and they did that themselves and they worked towards that themselves. Um, So yeah, there is a really, really strong work ethic within my family history. And I think that has definitely kind of, you know been passed down to me and yeah it does things like that do influence and that's what I mean by not directly influencing like the the atmosphere and my surroundings influence me and obviously your surroundings are who you're raised by so yeah
0: on to the next section what were the things that influenced your professional growth what would you say sort of led you towards makeup modeling that sort of area of professionalism so it's weird it's a weird one because
1: I actually originally trained to do musical theater but I trained from the age of three dance classes drama classes stage coach then I went on to Pauling Arts College then I auditioned for drama school so that was very much my like you know, horse blinker vision of what I wanted to do with my career. There was no other option for me. And when I was 18, I auditioned to go to drama school and I was very much like a young, hungry 18-year-old for this, for this life in the West End. And it's a very kind of cut and copy-paste situation when you are in that industry because you are, you're really visioned and you just, you really believe that this is for you and this is going to happen. And it's such a kind of magical dream that you think you're going to get to, and it wasn't until I got to professional drama school, and I actually dropped out after the first year, and it just it shattered my expectations of what the industry was was like, and I instantly knew that I wasn't cut out for it, and it just took me it took me 18 years to get there though, and during that professional training, which was when I was when I realised it, so when I left Guildford, which is the drama school, the area the drama school was in that I went to. I remember coming back to like my family town, like the same one I'm in now, and just thinking, what on earth am I going to do? Because this is all I'd ever known. And you know, I did okay in school. I did like English was really like a strong point for me, but it was English drama, all the creative subjects. So I had never thought of anything outside of performing. And I dipped in and out of a few jobs that were just awful, like I think I worked in a will, well not think, I definitely did work in a will call centre, I worked in like a few cafes, I even got a job as a car saleswoman knowing nothing about cars, I don't even know how I landed that, so I just kept trying to find what it was that I wanted to do. And then I applied to work for MAC Cosmetics in Bristol and back then they were owned by SA Lauder so you had to apply online through like a um, application form and then if you passed the application form you then got a telephone interview. So I failed the application form and I think I failed it like six times and then eventually they blocked me from applying so I was like, right. So I went into Mac Bristol, into the store with my CV, acted like I hadn't applied online or been blocked six times. (laughs) And I just said, like, I'd really like to work here. You know, makeup is, it's a creative hobby of mine. I'd love to, you know, love to work here. So they took my CV and then I got a call for an interview. I had a three hour long interview at Mac and then I got the job. So MAC really shaped my professional career and again back then like nearly nine years ago I know it doesn't sound like a long time but in terms of beauty industry it really is quite a long time because it's changed so vast and so quickly MAC was like it's always been inclusive it's always been about diversifying everything and it's always been like the the brand to go to and uh, or it definitely was back then I know there are a lot of incredible brands now so it really shaped my hunger for being an individual in, a, in my professional career so I very very quickly fell in love with you know makeup in that sense and it was just a natural progression from there really and uh, I feel like my passion for what I believe in with beauty is definitely what fuels me to to keep going in my career.
0: Actually you say obviously you went into the car sales with no experience but i think probably going to drama school yeah. and things like that you learn obviously you learn acting so if you can sell it doesn't matter what you're selling as long as you've got that confidence and you can speak well and you can smile and basically act your way through it I can imagine that that probably
1: yeah to your advantage and even though it didn't come you know it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to or I originally wanted it to my training in the arts um, again it's such an inclusive industry and I'm so proud that that's my background and it has helped me humongous Mm -hmm. amounts especially with the amount of media stuff that I've had to do, having no idea what I was going into. It really, really has kind of set me, you know, on the right foot, which is great. And I'm very thankful for that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Even though you haven't sort of gone into the West End as shows and things like that, definitely having that background has probably helped you get to where you are now with being able to, do speaking and magazine stuff as well. Yeah, without a doubt. It does sort of transfer. And then how did you get into the sort of modelling side of things?
1: So modelling was just, I think, well, going back to how I progressed as a makeup artist, I very kind of quickly fell in love with the whole you know, female empowerment aspect of it. And it was just that, you know, how incredible to have this beautiful woman sat in front of me with not an ounce of confidence and then applying some makeup to accentuate their features and then seeing them walk out a little bit more confidence than when they first walked in. And I really hooked onto that feeling quite early on in my artistry career. And that has kind of grown and built and continued from there. So everything I believe in that, you know, we can be beautiful, but we should make it a point to be so much more has... It's not just something I say for show or something that I put on Instagram for likes or attention. I genuinely at the root of my heart believe that that's how we should feel about ourselves. So my own personal journey with confidence has definitely, you know, been in an alignment with that. And modeling was just a natural progression. I didn't, I mean, I'm 29 now, so I didn't start modeling until I was 27, nearly 28, And I remember saying to my mum, like, I wonder if I started too old, should I have started younger? But I was never, ever ready to put myself in that position. And my modelling career happened by accident as well, because I just, I don't know what possessed me to, but I randomly entered an open casting for a swimwear brand. And I got picked to be the the model. And then from there, I got my agency. And then uh, the summer just gone, I got my London agency. So, yeah, and it's just, it's just all, it all kind of ties in together because... I'm not only projecting what it is that I'm passionate about, but I'm living my truth at the same time. So, yeah, it all goes hand in hand.
0: I think definitely the way the industry is going now, the way social media and stuff is going now, we everybody wants to see women and men, I guess, as well, anybody that identifies in between from all over the spectrum. We don't just want to see young runway model girls we want to see everything everything throughout because we are everything i guess looking into the the future and the major influences for your future what are the main things that you see yourself continuing with what are your aims and goals and what inspires you to do those things
1: i think Um, I definitely want to project my message as far and as wide uh, and to as young an audience as I possibly can, because I know that my passion for wanting women to see themselves this way does come from my childhood and the way that I kind of was. I was never the cut and copy paste of what a girl should look like back then I was always a lot bigger always had to have extra costumes bought for the dance shows and um always used my humor as a barrier to kind of get me through making friends and stuff because if I was able to make a joke about my weight first then that meant nobody else could make a joke that would hurt me even further so all of those things kind of make me want to change that for a girl growing up the, those same ages feeling the same feelings that I thought. Um, and I absolutely 1,000% know that I want to be a mother one day. So I know as well that I want to do all of the work that I possibly can so that when I raise my own children, I really raise them with that knowledge that who they are in their heart is 10 times more important than the way they look. So um, I feel like my experiences and my passion is my future of influence, if that makes sense. That's exactly how I want to keep progressing in my career it's how I want to progress as an individual as a woman and um yeah that's that's how I feel
0: like you say we're obviously wanting to become a mother and teaching your child that they're worth so much more than how they look I think we're definitely beginning to see that a little bit better on social media and stuff now probably 20 years ago or something lots of I guess women especially were influenced by their mothers being on diets and things like that. And I can already tell now just with the people that I follow and people, that are expecting children or have children are doing so much more.
1: Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like I'm so excited for my generation to become parents because it's not like our parents did anything wrong. Like, you know, my, my parents, especially they're incredible. I had such a great upbringing. I'm very, very lucky, but they were a product of the problem. And back then nobody was talking to them about these issues and nobody was projecting that you know, diets don't work and that they're so damaging for our mental health and that we can leave the house without makeup. They didn't have that outside influence. So therefore they did the best with what they had. And that's how I feel we're doing. And that's why I feel so excited about this generation to become parents, because like you said, I learned so much from the people I follow. Like they, they help shape me as well.
0: So, um, yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um, so where, where would you see your final career? What would, what would be your career goal? Would you say it would be in modelling, makeup or more so just inspiring and doing talks and things like that?
1: Yeah, I think I'm so happy with the, uh, the direction that I'm going in and I'm a very like persistent person. So when I know that something's right or when I know that I deserve something, I will keep going until I get to that stage. So a lot of hard work has gone into not only the campaign, but all of those years before that as a makeup artist, really sort of like narrowing down what it was and what it is that I bring to the beauty industry. So everything that I'm doing, I'm really happy and content with. I think I would just like to project that wider and continue in that way. And they do all kind of go hand in hand, you know, me modeling in a, I do represent a certain type of body and, a certain type of body that I didn't see growing up and you know there are so many other people doing the same. So yeah, fingers crossed that I just kind of keep going in the direction I'm I'm heading for because I am really happy with that at the moment. But we'll see. You never know.
0: (laughs) You never know. But definitely with having social following and social presence and things like that, it allows you to explore so many avenues of different career paths. Like you say, all of these things sort of come hand in hand and it's definitely very exciting indeed so if our listeners want to find you and find out more about what you do where can they find you online so my instagram page is literally just my name which is sasha louise polari and
1: yeah pretty much everything is on there I'm also on youtube as well which is a little bit more chilled and casual um but the message still you know it transpires across all of my platforms so yeah
0: It was great to catch up with Sasha ahead of her first ever IMS session on Thursday. As someone who's new to the influencer community, it's great to hear how passionate Sasha is about the authenticity of her content. Remember, IMS ticket holders can tune into Sasha's session that will kick off Creator Day on Thursday at 1pm GMT. We encourage attendees to make the most of the virtual event app, which can be used to schedule which sessions you want to tune into, connect with other attendees, and gain access to exclusive workshops. If you're listening to this podcast after the Influencer Marketing Show global event has taken place, then have no fear as we are bringing the Influencer Marketing Show to London in October. Please do sign up for the Talking Influence weekly newsletter to receive the latest updates directly to your inbox. The link to sign up to our newsletter will be in the podcast description. Thank you for tuning in to our first bonus podcast episode and make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes in the future.